to the Movie Journey Podcast, where not only do we react and review films that are on the top 250 list, but we also do the same thing for films not on the top 250 list, and we are starting our Star Wars saga for this episode. Of course, I am Mr. Daniel Henderson, joined with me, as usual, by Mr. Dean Jeffrey. How are you, big fella? Oh, uh, big fella. Uh, yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? Uh, what's going on? Doing very well. Uh, not much, not much at all. Just, you know, kicking along. Are you excited to be finally delving into the the beast that is Star Wars, Hendo? I mean, why not, hey? I mean, it's you know, a very popular franchise. Why not get stuck into it and see where this uh, saga will take us? I mean, we're certainly not doing it because the movies are great. Am I right, Hendo? <laughs> well, I heard some of them are. You, don't they peak in the middle, which, is, <laughs> you know, which was the start? <laughs> they certainly don't uh, start with a peak, uh, especially not with the order that we're going to be going through, Hendo. Now, of course, we are doing the fantasy. Menace today. We will be watching and reacting to that movie over on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the movie journey. If you want to check out the full length reaction or audio commentary to The Phantom Menace, you can check that out over at patreon.com slash the movie journey. And a massive shout out to our patrons for supporting the show. We really, really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, without you guys, believe me, all these years later, we would not be where we are now. So we are always very, very appreciative. Now, just before we get into this reaction and review, just uh, one thing I would like to bring back just quickly because uh, we not we don't have a 250 episode coming up soon I don't want to wait until then because this uh this was ra- this was a rather big update give me the update Dean, have you seen any of the new info regarding the IMDB top 250 list and the changes that have been made recently oh god I hate it when you do this thing where you know you, you tell the audience new information but you also tell me new information because I have no idea what you're talking wow. about is there no Indian films? There has been massive, massive changes to this IMDb Top 250 list. No one can actually tell exactly what they have changed, but there has been some crazy, crazy changes with this list. What do you mean? I've got a lot of stuff here. First off, let's just... Let's just go through it. Uh, let's start off with right at the top. The Dark Knight has taken over Godfather Part 2 for the number three spot on the list, moving Part 2 down to number four. Ooh, okay. Mm. I mean, what could have caused this? Do they still have the same rating? Yes, they do. Oh, not actually, not what I'm looking at. Dark Knight 9.1, Godfather Part 2 is 9.0. Okay, I, I see 9.0 on both of them here. Okay. Uh, let's see. Also in the top 10, Fellowship of the Ring has moved up to nine and The Good, The Bad and The Ugly has dropped to number 10. Okay. Yep. Uh, and the only one up the top, which I'll uh, talk about right now, is Forrest Gump has taken over Fight Club for the 11th spot, moving Fight Club down to number 12. Interesting little uh, duo there. wonder how they'll go battling it out for that uh, number <laughs> 11 spot. Hey, Hendo. Definitely. Now, I think there is some speculation that the list has leaned more into American votes, I guess you could say. Yes. because. <laughs> I'm going to just rattle off a whole bunch of movies here that have increased, say, more than five spots. So you're looking at Terminator 2 and Back to the Future have both moved up six spots to 29 and 30. Psycho has moved up six spots. Gladiator has moved up seven spots. We haven't really spoken about Spider-Man No Way Home, but that is on. that has been gradually going down. That's sitting at 39 right now after dropping nine spots. We've got The Prestige, Casablanca have both moved up six spots. Harakiri has dropped 15 spots down to 48. Ooh. Yep. We're looking at City Lights has dropped down six spots. The Shining has moved up five spots. American Beauty has moved up 16 spots to number 67. Jesus. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has dropped seven spots to 71. Braveheart has moved up 11 spots to number 73. Princess Mononoke has dropped 12 spots to number 80. Maybe they just hadn't updated it in a while and they, they forgot to hit the refresh button for years. No, no, no. I, I really feel like that the uh, to some extent the British votes, but more 
I think is the Indian votes have really been wiped out here Ooh. because I'm looking I'm looking at things like uh, we have a new addition to the top. I know we have a new addition. <laughs> the Batman has uh, debuted onto the list. Well, debuted onto the list at number 105, but after one day, it has moved up to number 94. So there we go. It's moving up. Let's see how that... Well, we'll follow that journey for sure. But let's keep looking at some of these other ones here. Hamilton, unfortunately, dropped 22 spots to 109. We have got Come and See dropped 18 spots. There's a lot of films here that have dropped or moved up double digits here. I'm talking The Kid down 25 spots to 129. Batman Begins up 12 spots to 125. Yes. The Indian film like Stars on Earth has dropped 32 spots to 124. Yes. Dangle has has <laughs> dropped 20 spots to 127. Can you can you tell us the like the new additions? I can tell you the new additions. I really was just get, like e- even things like Kill Bill Volume One has dropped has moved up 26 spots. Finding Nemo has moved up 26 spots. Inside Out up 17 spots. There's huge things. Gran Torino up 20. 20 spots. Million Dollar Baby up 42 spots. I believe it's the Indian film Children of Heaven down 38 spots to 178. Patha Pancelli has moved down 62 spots to 187. <laughs> this is all in the span of I one it, single Hendo. change. I love it. It's not, I don't think it's just the Indian films. There's a lot of foreign films that have really dropped. I'm going to talk about the films that have actually disappeared out of this list. I'm talking Stalker, which was at 187, just bang, was out of the list. Here's, an, here's a couple of other ones here. Z and Hadham, Autumn Sonata, Gangs of Wasp. Yes! A silent voice. In the mood for love, Dean, is out of the list. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, there's something bad for you. A whole bunch of other ones here, but... Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not let's not skip past the headline here. You know what hasn't dropped out? What, what movie is so great that it's actually still made the cut as to being one of the greatest 250 films of all time, Hendo? Do you know what it is? It is, of course, Hachi. Still holding strong. 225. Hachi. Baby. Definitely still in there. We're looking at even further down at the bottom here. This uh, this film that came out last year, Jai Bim, has moved down 108 spots to 247. And Persona has dropped 50 spots to 242 and will no doubt be out of the list in the coming weeks. Music to my ears, Hendo. And with all these films disappearing out of the list, the films that have come back into the list, Jaws is back in the list. What? The Terminator's back in. The Wizard of Oz. Groundhog Day. The Exorcist. Ratatouille. The Incredibles. The Best Years of Our Lives. The Grapes of Wrath. Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, The Sound of Music, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Gandhi, See, and The Help. These are classics. Much better ins and outs. I'd take that trade any day of the week. And with Jaws coming back into the list, Steven Spielberg now comes back up to tie with Martin Scorsese, Akira Kurosawa, Stanley Kubrick, and Christopher Nolan for all having seven of their films in the list. Crazy. Undeserved. <laughs> uh, yeah, massive, massive shake-up. Probably the biggest shake-up I think I've ever seen on this list. It's There's so many films what about, that have just changed What about changed that their- time they let the Indian films in? Gradually. That was a pretty big and change. Just, and they just kicked them all out. <laughs> yeah, massive, massive shake-up on the top 250. Had to uh, had to get that out there and let you know that uh, all those films are gone and all these new ones are back in. And it looks like, just based on all these trajectories, we're going to be seeing a lot more of those Indian films dropping out of the list. Maybe even some other foreign films, some older films just getting, getting dropped out. And some uh, more, I guess, American films are going to be taking those spots. I mean, you know, call me... New new age, new school. Call me hip, but I like it, Hendo. I know you would. That's why I wanted to. Do you uh, do you, you like you know it? Here. You're being very Switzerland right now. What do you think about all this? 
I mean, I, I feel like it's definitely better. I mean, look at look at that list that came in and the list that left and how many of those we would prefer to watch and talk about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, nah, yeah, that was a massive update. And uh, yeah, every time we do a top 250 film from now on, we'll, keep, we'll have a look at a new update and see what's been happening because if it's going to keep going like this, a lot, a lot of uh, changes will be happening. One of your finest updates, Endo. Well done. Oh, thank you. All right, we are going to get to The Phantom Menace and we'll go watch it and we'll come back with a review. All right, Dean, we just finished watching Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Yes, we did, Hendo. What a ride that was. Yes, I'm sure there's more to go with all these Star Wars films, but uh, let's tackle this film, Dean. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace is a 1999 American epic space opera film. Epic. That's an e- definitely an epic. Okay. Written and directed by George Lucas, starring Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, Jake Lloyd, Ian McDiarmid, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, Penilla August, and Frank Oz. And Keira Knightley. And Keira Knightley. Cinematography by David Tattersall. Of Tattersall fame? Tattersall, Yeah. Yeah. Not him. Uh, He does the other two prequel films here, as well as two other films we've done, Dean. One in the top 250, The Green Mile, as Mm. well as Die Another Day. Wow. What a uh, varied resume there. Yes. Music by John Williams. Yeah, who also did Superman. I don't think we've spoken about John Williams as much as a lot of the other composers, those big name ones. Uh, I can't remember the last time we spoke about him, but John Williams. 50 Academy Award nominations. Wow. Yes. I didn't write down every single film because I just wanted to pull the list up here. Here it is as I scroll and look at Dean. Oh, what's his first? He's had, okay, let's look at the wins. He's had five wins. Five wins out of 50, including, uh, let's see, uh, best original song score, uh, scoring adaptation for Fiddler on the Roof. Master of the House. Keep uh, best the dramatic end. score for Jaws. Uh, best original score for Star Wars. Mm, nice. Uh, let's see here. Going along, uh, he missed, won. You missed original e. score for Schindler's List. You missed ET. Did I? Did he win? Oh, he did, he did win score for ET. Yep. He won score for uh, Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Uh, have I only said four so far? Oh, was no, that, that his was, last one? That was five. His last win for Schindler's List. Yeah. But let's go through some of the other movies he's done here. Uh, his first one was Valley of the Dolls. I'm not going to go through every single one of them. What other ones are more notable here? Towering Inferno, Close Encounters, the third kind. Jaws. I said Jaws, he won. Oh, yeah. Uh, Superman, Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Return of the Jedi, Temple of Doom. Home Alone. Uh, let's see. Last He does all the, Indi- all the Indiana Joneses. Hook. He does yeah, Hook. Yeah, my man. JFK. Let's see. Seven Ni- Private Ryan. Nixon, Armistad, Seven Private Ryan. Harry good. Potter. Look at that. He does a, yeah, he, two of them, doesn't he? He does some more, actually. Munich. He did Munich. Memories of a Geisha. Ooh, Warhorse. Tintin. He does a lot of Spielberg films here. Lincoln. And then, of course, boom, boom, boom. The, uh, what are they called? The sequels? The sequel trilogy. The sequel trilogy. Yeah, he's done a lot. Done a lot, old John Williams. Yeah, he's done well for himself. He has. So, I'm going to do this one, Dean. While writing the original Star Wars film, George Lucas decided the story was too vast to be covered in one film. He introduced a wider story arc that could be told in sequels if it became successful. Mm. He negotiated a contract that allowed him to make two sequels and over time created an elaborate backstory to aid his writing process. Interesting. While writing The Empire Strikes Back, Lucas considered directions in which to take the story. In the original trilogy, Darth Vader was revealed to have been Anakin Skywalker. What? (laughs) A once powerful Jedi Knight and a traitor to the Jedi Order. What is this trivia, Hendo? With this backstory in place, Lucas decided that the movies would work best as a trilogy. Yes, makes sense. I mean, he did a first trilogy, why not do another trilogy? 
So throughout the 1980s, Lucas said he had no desire to return to Star Wars and had cancelled his sequel trilogy by the time of Return of the Jedi. In the early 1990s, Star Wars saw a resurgence in popularity in the wake of Dark Horse's comic line and Timothy Zahn's trilogy of novels. Mm. Have you read any of those? I've had the trilogy of uh, Timothy Zahn. Okay. I haven't read it though. Okay, moving on then. Lucas saw that there was still a large audience for his idea of a prequel trilogy, and with the development of CGI, Lucas considered returning to his saga and directing the film. And in 1993, it was announced that he would be making the prequels. Wow, that took a long time to write this garbage. (laughs) Wow. All right, what about your one there, Dean? In November 2015, Ron Howard confirmed that he, Robert Zemeckis, and Spielberg were approached by Lucas to direct The Phantom Menace. What, all of them? Probably one after the other. All three approached directors told Lucas that he should direct the film as they each found the project too daunting. I mean, yeah, like you just can't. Like George Lucas comes, hey, I did the first three. I want you to do the next one. Like, ah, he didn't. He didn't do the first three. Oh no, he didn't. Did he? Uh, it was other blokes. Was it Ivan Kirshner? He definitely did at least one. We'll get to those later on. Mm. But yeah, you're right. You're very right there. The film made extensive use of the new technique of digital pre-visualization using computers to essentially create 3D animated storyboards. Mm. This was done for dozens of scenes in the film, but was first and primarily used in the pod race sequence. Animatic. Animatic? That sounds right. Animatic. Animatic. Yeah. Supervisor David Dozeritz worked on this sequence for nearly three years and at one point had a 25-minute version of the race. Wow, that would be pod racing. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. How long did this one go for? Like 10? 10. Yeah, probably 10. Long sequence. Oh, we got to look at some casting here, Dean. Samuel Jackson expressed interest in appearing in a Star Wars film, approached by casting director to play Windu. Tupac Shakur was also considered for the role of Mace Windu. Well, they dodged a bullet there. Wow, unlike Tupac. I was, this, I was setting myself up for that joke and you took it. Benicio Del Toro was originally cast as Darth Maul. What? But later left the project when he realised... Oh, my, I was going to joke then, but he left the project when the character's lines were cut. Yeah. So he re- read the script and was like, I'm not in this film. Why am I doing this? I'm going to have to be put on this makeup all the time to really do nothing. No, he was like, I'm going to have to flip you. Flip you for it. Stop it. You can continue this one. It's all about uh, Ray Darth Park, Maul. a.k.a. Toad. In uh, X-Men. Yeah, we said that. You know what, ha- what happens to a toad when struck oh by lightning? Oh, that line. The same thing that <laughs> happens to everything else. <laughs> Thank you, Halle Berry. Thank you. Ray Park, a martial arts champion with experience in gymnastics and sword fighting, Makes was sense. originally a member of the stunt crew. Stunt coordinator filmed Park to demonstrate his conception of the lightsaber battles. <laughs> Lucas was so impressed with the test tape that they gave Park the role of Maul. His voice was considered too squeaky and was dubbed over in post- and was dubbed over in post-production by Peter Serafinowicz. I did not realise... Wow, you read that pretty fluently. I did not realise that is not Ray Park's voice. Well, there you go. Look at that. You've learned something every day. That's a first for your trivia, Hendo. Well done. My trivia, I made that up. (laughs) Kira Knightley's parents tried to convince her not to audition, but the teenage actress still sought a role since she was a Star Wars fan. The casting was influenced by Knightley's remarkable similarity to Natalie Portman, with the actress admitting their mothers could not tell each other apart. Bullshit. Whatever. Doesn't Portman have like a like a mole like right here? It's a very distinguishable mole on her face. Take that back. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I would call it a gentle freckle. Knightley was <laughs> reported. not a mole. <laughs> mole. Don't. Don't dare. Knightley was reported to have cried every single day due to finding the wardrobe uncomfortable. Right, It's okay. a tough life. Calm down. Ah, uh, what have we got? Michael. <laughs> 
Michael Jackson expressed interest in playing Jar Jar Binks, but he wanted to do it in prosthetic makeups while George Lucas, obviously, wanted to do it in CGI. Now, what do you reckon, patrons? Do you think I should put in a fake piece of trivia in every single one and see if Dean can pick out which one's the fake one? Is this fake? No, none of them are fake. I'm just saying. It kind of, you see, like, Michael... Oh, God. Joseph Fiennes auditioned for the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi and nearly landed the part until George Lucas's young daughter rejected him Upon meeting him during the second level of auditioning. Wow. God, this George Lucas. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad <laughs> it wasn't, you know. Joseph Fines. Joseph Fines. What about Ralph Fines as Obi-Wan? Ralph Fines. At that point? I mean, you would have had a, you would have had a, oh, a Schindler. You have a uh, Neeson Fines return? No. no. Fines would have been uh, the, holog- the holographic emperor. Filming began on June 26, 1997. And ended on September 30th of the same year. The editing took two years. Mm. Two years to edit this film. It's a lot. Must have had some problems. And you complain about editing. <laughs> the Phantom Menace was the final Star Wars film to be shot on 35mm film until The Force Awakens. Some scenes were shot on high definition digital videotapes to the, test the performance of digital recordings, mm-hmm. which Lucas considered the next logical step because of the amount of digitizing. <sighs> wow, the trivia's got you done. <laughs> for the composition. Compositing. Compositing of CG effects. Yeah, so getting heavily into the uh, CG. I'm sure they actually get into it a bit more coming up. Uh, About about 1,950 of the shots in The Phantom Menace have visual effects. The scene in which toxic gas is released on the Jedi is the only sequence with no digital alteration. Okay. That's insane. I mean, you look look how many shots in this film. I was was trying to think of scenes. I'm like, no, Jar Jar's in that scene. Jar Jar's in that scene. Those weird aliens are in that yep, scene. Yeah, that's the only one. No, there are two of them. Lucasfilm spent $20 million on the film's advertising campaign and made promotional licensing deals with Hasbro, Lego, Tricon Global Restaurants, and PepsiCo. Lots of uh, lots of money on marketing there. The I mean, teaser he knows, trailer. He knows how to make money. The teaser trailer is the big one here. It was released on selected screens accompanying Micho Black. On doesn't matter what date, and media reported that people were paying full admission at theaters to see the trailer. To keep fans from leaving before the movie was over, some theaters would play the teaser an additional time after the film was finished. A second trailer was released mid-1999, early 1999, with the film Wing Commander. What is that? I When I got this up, I hovered over that Tell me word. more. It's got Freddie Prince Jr., uh, Matthew Lillard, and it's like a Wing Commander kind of movie. Again, many fans paid full theatre admission to watch the new trailer. A bootlegged version of the preview was leaked to the internet the same day. The next morning, the trailer was released on the film's official website, and shortly afterwards, the servers became overloaded. Mm. Everyone was pumped for this film. Employment consultant firm Challenger, Grey and Christmas. Christmas. I love when Christmas is used in a situation where it's not about Christmas, like Jones. No, you don't. You don't like Christmas Jones. Love Christmas Jones. She only comes once a year. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, this consultant firm estimated that 2.2 million full-time employees missed work to attend the film, resulting in a US $293 million loss of productivity. Wham. You can go with that one again. According... Oh, employment consultant firm... You like that? Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, so many workers announced plans to view the premiere that many companies closed on opening day. I mean, are they just making up this trivia? I mean, this is all according to, to things here. So, it's to on the things trivia. here. To things. To the Wall Street Journal and this consultant firm. 
But anyway, budget of $115 million. It broke the Lost World Jurassic Park's record for the largest single-day gross for the opening day. It also became the quickest film to reach the $200 million and the $300 million mark, surpassing Independence Day and Titanic, respectively. The Phantom Menace was 1999's most successful film, and overall, with that $115 million budget, grossed $1.027 billion, making it the first Star Wars film and the 11th film in history, excluding inflation, to reach that mark. That's crazy. Big, big success, old Phantom Menace. Not so much at the Academy Awards. Got three nominations. It lost Best Sound to The Matrix. Hmm. It lost Best Effects in the Sound Effects Editing category to The Matrix. And it lost Best Visual Effects to The Matrix. Because The Matrix cleaned house in the text that year. This film did, however, receive seven Razzie Awards. Not awards, nominations, sorry. For Worst Picture, Worst Director... Worst Screenplay, Worst Supporting Actor for Jake Lloyd as Anakin Skywalker, Worst Supporting Actress as Sofia Coppola as Sashay. Who? What? Yeah, apparently Sofia Coppola was in this film. As who? I don't know. I don't know. Was it the other Natalie Portman lookalike? Oh, man. Worst Screen Couple for Jake Lloyd and Natalie Portman. Yep. And Jar Jar Biggs actor Ahmed Best won Best Supporting Actor in that category. You know what, actually? Go when on, I was man. going through IMDb here. Yes, go on. Uh, actually, it wasn't IMDb. When I Googled so. The Phantom Menace, yes. it comes up with the cast and their characters. And you got Liam Neeson, Qui-Gon Jinn, yada, yada, yada. Jake Lloyd, Darth Vader. I'm really? not even joking. Really? It says Darth Vader as, as the character. That's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. But the scores here. Rotten Tomatoes give this a 52%, saying, Burdened by exposition and populated with stock characters, The Phantom Menace gets the Star Wars, Star Wars prequel off to a bumpy, albeit visually dazzling, start. Rotten Tomatoes audience think this is a little bit better than the critics, 59%. Metacritic, give it a 51%. Letterboxd, give it a 2.7. And IMDb have this at 6.5. Which is high. But it was in the top 250 for a little bit. <laughs> wow. It came onto the list in the 1st of, or 1st of August in 1999 at number 137 and was out of the list two months later. Fair enough. There you no, go. not fair enough. What the hell was it doing on this yeah. list? But there's the trivia, Dean. I ask you, good sir. Dean, what do you think of this film? I mean, it's tough, isn't it? I have so much nostalgia for this film. I've seen this film so much. I collected figurines, the soundtrack, posters on my wall. I was so into this film as a sprightly 11-year-old. Um, I know it so well. Like, I'm watching this. I'm just like, yep, I could quote this, quote this, quote Man, this. And quote you did. <sighs> watching it now. Here we go. <laughs> it's not good. I think the worst thing about it has got to be the script. This script is horrendous. And because there's so much where the actors say something, you're just like, oh, that's cringe. But it's like they have to say it. Like so much of this stuff is just it's just painful. Now, I don't think it's as bad as the low lows of, you know, we might see in Attack of the Clones, but... I legit remember nothing about Attack of the Clones. You remember Sand? I remember Sand. That's it. And a longer rat tail. And a different actor. What? <laughs> that's not Jake Lloyd. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day... Oh, here we go. It's Star Wars, so you know, five stars. I mean, if I'm if I'm being like, I still enjoy watching it, right? I st- I do still enjoy watching it. It's not like I watch Did it. Did you enjoy it because I was here? No, because I've watched this. Like I've watched this. I would watch this independently of this, and I will watch it probably next year again, right? I mean, it's around the corner, mate. Yeah, we're watching <laughs> a couple of weeks, uh, but. Like, there is an enjoyment to this film, but the action scenes are pretty bad. But the music's good. Jewel of the Fates. Yeah, okay, but is this not in all the other Star Wars films as well? Yeah, it is. And this is 
That that score has already been around for thirty years. Not Jewel of the Fates. Was oh, a new part. Is a new score. Yeah, dun, okay. dun, 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 that's all new. Oh, so it's not new. Okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, that score is very, very good. Like, it's, it's fantastic. I'll, I'll interject here. Please. Uh, you're talking out your ass because a lot of this film is incredibly boring. A lot of this film. There's so much just nonsense stuff that is spoken about in this movie. I was lost so much in this movie about what the hell was going well, on. Well, I think it's clear that the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Here we go, here we go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, it's not a disaster of a film. I mean, there's a lot pretty bad. There's a lot of good there's a lot of good fun parts in this movie. The pod racing was fine, like that's entertaining enough. The Darth Maul fight is like oh, stand out. Is such an amazing scene, honestly. It really is. Like everything in that. The fight, the choreography, the score is that, awesome. That red laser shield yep. that stops Obi-Wan and It's so shit that they cut in between with all the crap that's happening that I don't care about at all in this mm. film. Honestly, there's there any time that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are not and Darth Maul are not on the screen, I'm getting bored. I'm almost getting bored. Give or take some scenes no, here I, and there. I mean what scenes? What's the best scene without them? The Bubble Buck guy with the with the big nose and he was floating around. Bubble Buck? His name is Bobot Bobot. Oh, I thought he was naming him the B. The guy who owned Anakin before Anakin got free. Yeah, I mean Watto the Dodalian. That guy, that guy. Yeah, he was good. He was probably the best. Nine uh, tricks don't work on me. He was probably the Only best sweet air character. CGI character, he was definitely the it best. It was great. This movie gets bogged down to, with two key things. Trade Federation. Yep, boring trade talk that's got nothing to do with anything and fucking Jar Jar Binks. You know what else sucks? Yeah, Jar Jar Binks. This is probably the worst I've thought of him in all my watches. Yeah. He's so annoying. Um, Natalie Portman's terrible in this. Is she supposed to act like this, though? Like, I, I think from my very vague memory that she actually gets a personality in the next couple of films because she actually has a bit to do. I mean, that doesn't make any... Di- I mean, she's great in episode three. I mean, have they, t- have they told in this her that film, in all these trade talks, speak monotone? It's I all mean, monotone. We, here's the thing. We know that she's a good actress, and yeah. it's not like she becomes a good actress after this because we know she's great in Leon. Yeah. Okay? So, obviously, it's not like a her fault kind of thing, I guess. No, this is the direction that George yeah, Lucas wants to take. Why is she monotone? Everything. Everyone is monotone in these trade talks. It's, it's, it's boring, man. Yeah. I... I I got to a point where I got so lost, and I had we had subtitles on. I'm trying to understand what they're talking about, and I just, you know, it was also bad. What is that? The subtitles matched exactly how the Gungans spoke. Stop saying Gungans. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I, I said that, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> like the way they spoke came up the way they spoke, and I'm like, okay, I actually don't know what you're talking about. It was all gibberish. The trade talks were crap. It really put a, a sour note on this film. From for the very high highs, there are some incredible low lows. Right. Yeah. The one high high. Yeah. <laughs> the one let's, high high. Let's pull one, back on that from the very high highs. <laughs> the one high high, the somewhat medium high with the pod race, and then the rest is is snoozer. I'll, I think Liam Neeson's fantastic as Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. yeah Fantastically yeah. cast. Like, for, oh, for this cast, film. yes. Yeah. For this film. Like, yeah, he's not, you know, I don't know, something he's good. He's not Alec Guinness? He's not Alec Guinness, no. But he's he does bring a, a respectable um, nature to this film, which it needs what about Ewan McGregor? How do you think he goes in this film? I mean, I knowing like- that he's in, for, he's in for the next. Yeah, I like him. I think. I think obviously he's very well cast, but I think he's good in this film with what he's given. Because I think he's still like he's the apprentice still, so he has taken the step back, and you can see that he's there. He hasn't taken the step back. He just hasn't taken the step forward yeah, good, yet. Very good point. Yes, very good point. I have many. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm trying to think of what else I enjoyed about this film. I did. <sighs> the Gungan War at the end is so bad. 
It's awful. All the fi- actually, I'll say this: all the other all, three, all of the physical comedy is terrible. Why are they doing this? Because is, is this are they centered more towards a kid friendly yeah, audience yeah. Oh, here? I mean, thousand percent. Yeah, they've gone for let's go as kiddie as possible. I mean, if yeah. you think about the last Star Wars film before this, they were starting to lean that way with the yeah the um, Ewoks. That's right. Yeah, yeah, um, fair enough. But like George Lucas obviously does not care about like fan reception because. Ewoks were not popular, but he has really doubled down. It's all on about it. the toys, mate. It's all about toys. You Is obviously it Schumacher, Batman, and Robin. I'm not explaining this. Oh yeah, Joel Schumacher. Of course. <laughs> what do you think, Michael, Michael Schumacher? Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, get those Michael Schumacher Formula One car toys. It's all about the toys, you know, Schumacher. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. All right. You had a fun uh, childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely don't know. If the next film is better, I've always had it in my very vague mind of these two movies that this one is better. Honestly, I would say this one's better, but having just watched it, I can't <laughs> imagine. I cannot imagine this is better than Attack of the Clones. Uh, Surely um, not. I'm somewhat dreading it, but I'm somewhat curious. Don't as to- dread it. Oh, okay. It'll be not, funny either I'm way. I'm not going to dread it. I mean, I don't, I don't dread any time I have to sit down and watch a movie. I mean, how can you... How can you dread sitting with this guy and you know listen to his bullshit for two hours and sixteen minutes? Actually, I don't know if it actually went for two hours sixteen. Maybe like ten minutes of that was the credits for all the CG that they had in there. Could have been. I don't remember when we turned it off. Maybe. All right, Dean. What do you rate the Phantom Menace? Right. I mean, I think it's it's way too kiddie, way too silly. There's a lot wrong with it. But Darth Maul's sick for limited screen time. Some good moments. Ugh. I mean, is it two stars? Okay. What about you, Hendo? But I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay. What about you, Hendo? You're done. Okay. A very high moment with the Darth Maul fight. Pod racing was pretty good. Everything else was kind of a snooze fest. I wasn't really entertained at all throughout this. But those two key scenes bring it up a little bit to a two stars as well. And I did have this on Letterboxd at two and a half when I put it in, which no, no, it was never hitting two and a half. It was more of a debate of if it was two or one and a half, honestly. I mean, I bet I, bet I have this higher. I mean, you're looking it up now. I can just find it. Well, just check your letterbox and you haven't rated it. So I haven't, so it's official. Two stars. All right, that is it for The Phantom Menace. Thank you very much, everyone, for checking out this episode. Next up is, of course, Attack of the Clones. We'll be putting that out very shortly, as we have already watched these and put the reactions out on YouTube. Can't wait for that one, hey, Dean? Yeah, should be a hoot, Hendo. <laughs> yeah, Attack of the Clones is going to be a big hoot, hey? All right, thank you very much, everyone, for checking it out, and we'll see you next for Attack of the Clones. Bye. Bye.